Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. You know, the band worship team sang about empty me. For the children of Israel, the only way God could empty them was to send them into exile, where they lost everything, their home, their money, (laughs) their keys, their cell phone. And that was the way God emptied them so he could fill them with himself. That's part of the benefit of being a child of God. Even though you've lost things or have lost everything, you still have hope. It's a benefit that God gives us because we can never lose him. Did you hear the one about the gentleman who fresh grad from college? And boy, he thought he was the next best thing for the corporation. He did an interview, his first interview with the corporation. An HR person kind of after the interview said, what kind of a salary are you looking at? And boldly he proclaimed $250,000 a year. Oh, said the HR lady. And he said, and I want good benefits. Oh, okay. How about five weeks paid vacation? Shook his head. How about five weeks sick leave paid? Shook his head. How about a new car every two years with a gas car? Young man shook his head, and we'll make that car a Corvette. Wow, the young man said, are you kidding? The HR lady said, yes, I am, but you started it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when it comes to benefits, it is our God who gives us the best benefits. Okay, it is our sinful nature that wants to say, I deserve it but you don't deserve it. Grace is God giving us things we don't deserve. And one of the greatest things that he has given to us as a benefit is our hope. Our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. How many of you ever heard this? When in a mixed crowd or in public, don't talk about religion and... Oh, really? Why is that? Because ah, it, it causes divisions, divisive. Well, I'm here to talk to you about religion and politics this morning. <laughs> ah, ah. And we're going to do that by taking a look at a group of people that God sent off into captivity. They had no religious affiliation with the folks in Babylon, okay? But they could be political. They could be good, uh, I'm going to say, representatives of their politics. Now, the Greek word for politics comes from poly, city, and to be involved in politics, the same word is used for citizen, a citizen of a city, okay? And they were citizens 
of Babylon. And what we're going to look at today is God's plans for them. And I want you to think of your citizenship. Are you a citizen of Tulsa, Broken Arrow, Bigsby, Jinx, or Wassel? Hmm. How about your political affiliation? Hmm. Think about that just for a moment. And let's take a look at what the Lord says to these folks who he had to empty in their lives so that he could fill them. Verse 4. Let me give you the background here a little bit. It's 600 B.C. That means 600 years before Christ walked on earth. Okay? God made a promise. Make me number one in your life. Follow my commandments, and you'll always have the promised land. Go chasing after false hopes, false gods, and you'll lose the promised land. Guess what they did? They went chasing after false gods, all these false hopes, okay? And God removed the promised land from them, sent them off into exile. And there, though they lost everything, they didn't lose God and his promises. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. Jeremiah says to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile. He did this. That is, God did this to them. You might say, oh, that's terrible that they had to go through this. Well, it was the only way to save them. It was the only way to empty them and fill them with God. From Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, notice what he says, verse 5. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take, take wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. What is he saying to them? Be good citizens. Be responsible. That's the first thing. Be responsible. Think about it. If you're going to build a house, you got to be responsible. You have to go to work, garden, and eat of the produce. He's just saying, if you're going to be about politics, you're a citizen of a city, then be responsible. Go to work. Pay your bills. Make your mortgage. Okay? Take care of your children. Take care of your grandchildren. Be a responsible representative of your God in your religion to this pagan world. No different than us today. We are told by God that you are a stranger, a pilgrim here. And part of Christian politics is this. Are you responsible? Listen to these words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. The second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor, you have to be responsible, a responsible neighbor. So God's plan for the children of Israel and for us here today, number one, be responsible. Listen to these words. The years of your life are 70 or by reason of strength 80. You know what the average lifespan in America is? 78.2 years. The Bible is proclaiming this. 
Now, they were in captivity for 70 years. It's almost like you're going to have a lifetime, 70 years in captivity. Okay? I have a plan for you. Be responsible. Because soon your life is gone away and flies away. Yeah. What are you going to leave behind? What is the legacy? Be responsible. Be. Part two. Be prayerful. Be prayerful? Yeah. You're in captivity. Listen to what he says, beginning with verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. If you're a good citizen, then you're going to be concerned about your city, your state, your country. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. When's the last time you prayed for Broken Arrow? Tulsa, Bigsby, Owasso, the state of Oklahoma. When's the last time you prayed for the mayor, the president of the United States, the vice president, the Congress, the House, the leaders? When's the last time you prayed for your teachers who teach your children? Hmm. God calls us to be prayerful. You know why we pray? It works. If, you, if I didn't believe prayer worked, I wouldn't pray. But I believe it works, and I know it works. That's why we pray. You know it works. And Paul is telling these exiles, pray for the welfare, and you'll find your welfare. Listen to these words. First of all, then, 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. That's who we are. That's God's plan for us. Okay? You know, why is it when we talk to God, it's called prayer? But if we tell somebody God talks to us, it's schizophrenia. <laughs> I want you to know, you pray to God. Not only does he promise to listen, but he'll talk to you. And one way God talks to us is through his word and sacrament ministry. Through the word of God, God is proclaiming his promises and his blessings and his benefits to us that should make us go, wow! Okay? And that's why it is Jeremiah who says these next words. Verse 8, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your politicians, yeah, your, your party, or I'm going to add this. Your pastor uh, who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream for it is a lie that they're prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them to declares the Lord. God is only going to send prophets, preachers, leaders that are from him that proclaim the word of God. That's why it's so important that we're always in the Word of God. We're studying the Word of God. Listen to what is said by Peter. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully as a good citizen. As someone who prays to God and knows it works, we also have to be very concerned and we have to study and we have to be careful when it comes to the word of God. How do you know if someone is sent by God? 
Are they proclaiming the word of God? How do you know if a preacher is saying the right thing? Is it coincide with the word of God? How do you know about the sanctity of life? What does God say about life? How do you know about the sanctity of marriage? What does God say about marriage in the Bible? For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. How do you know about salvation? Is it by works what you do? No, you know from Scripture that if a preacher says anything but by grace, through faith are you saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you know your scriptures, you know this. If somebody stands up and says, Jesus is not God who created the heavens and the earth, you should say, no, I know scripture. I know what Jesus said. He asked the religious leaders, why do you want to kill me and stone me? Because you, a mere man, claim to be God. He claimed to be God. He had control over the wind and the waves. And he's made it very clear. No one goes to the Father except through me. If somebody proclaims another plan of salvation that doesn't include Jesus, you know they're not sent by God. You know it is a lie. Why do you know that? Because of the word of God that you have in your hands. And you can study and I can study. What is God's plans for us? To be responsible to be prayerful, to be very careful when we're listening to the false hopes, the false prophets out there, because that's how you abandon them. You stick to the word of God. What else does he say to us? Verse 10, thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. Here's the good news. This is what God promises. I will visit you. I will be with you. I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Where's our hope based? Money, keys, our phone, our job? No, no. Our hope comes from God because we can lose it all. And someday you will lose everything. Just like these exiles who lost everything, carried off into Babylon. Someday you will lose everything. Your life. But does that mean you're hopeless? No. If somebody proclaims there's no life after death, there's no hope. But when you know the words of Jesus Christ, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives and believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And if he lives and believes in me, he will never die. Now there's the hope. You see, the children of Israel were in exile and God made a promise. I'll give it all back to you. Now, a lot of those folks died before that ever happened. They still lived in the promise, and that was their hope. You see how God filled them once he emptied them was with hope for the future. You see, as we build homes here, Jesus is building a home for us in heaven. 
as Christians, we have the unbelievable benefit, wow, of being dual citizens. We're citizens of this world and the next. That's why Paul said to the folks, the church at Philippi, when he wrote his letter, to those saints who are in Christ Jesus living in Philippi, <laughs> saints who are living in this world at this time, but yet have this dual citizenship, a citizenship in heaven. That's where our faith is. That's where our hope is. Listen to these words from Paul. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. This true historical event with the children of Israel also represents our life. We are aliens and strangers here today in this world. But we have that dual citizenship. Someday God is going to restore everything to us. You think you have a lot now? But someday in heaven, what is it going to be like? <laughs> That's our hope. Not only for us, but for our children and our grandchildren. We want to be very responsible. We want to be prayerful. We want to search the scriptures and be very careful what we're listening to and what we base you know, the leadership on. And we never want to forget our hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. <laughs> I don't know where you're placing your hope, but I'm here to tell you you need to place it only on Jesus Christ squarely. And he will restore everything. You may lose things. He makes a promise, I'll restore everything. And what he says to the children of Israel, listen to this reflection. It's the same thing, what Jeremiah said, Jesus said, and what Jesus said, Jeremiah said. Listen to these words. Then you'll call upon me. You'll be filled and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. We have a God we can find when we seek him with all our heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you. That's about the future <laughs> yeah, for each of us. Listen to the words of Jesus. Ask and you shall receive. Pray and I'll answer you. Seek and you will find. Seek the Lord and you will find him. Knock and the door of heaven will be opened unto you. That's our hope. Amen.